c'est vrai. Je suis un ananas. Now, in the uh, towers of uh, Edmonton... I'm not a Tory. I don't speak on both sides. I do not use crack cocaine, nor am I an addict of crack cocaine. Police arrive at the scene at 7.46 p.m., and by the time they get there, she's gone. Like, that's wow. how short a window of time Mora disappeared. So, like, he can see her from his front porch where he is. He can't can he? see her. No, no, no. He can no, just see the he... road in front of her. So okay. he said that, like, a couple of cars went by while he but was talking. But he doesn't talking. see anything move this way. No, he doesn't. He, he doesn't see anything weird. Okay. Like so a couple that's... of cars drive past, but he's he can see the road in front of the car and he doesn't see her come in. So that's that's like half an hour. That's like yeah, it's not even half an hour because somebody sees her. Um, somebody sees the accident at seven twenty seven, and by seven forty six she's gone. It's just over fifteen minutes. Oh jeez. Yeah, and he spoke to her after the neighbor made the call. So she she literally disappears in a window of probably less than ten minutes. Like, that's what makes this case so fucking creepy. Yeah! Oh my gosh, yeah. Right? So, she vanishes into thin air in a matter of minutes. And here's where the shit gets even creepier. So, her car was locked when they found it. Mm -hmm. The driver's side windshield was cracked, and both front airbags had deployed. A damaged box of Franzia wine, because, I mean, she's a student on a budget, was found behind the driver's seat with red wine splattered on the ceiling and the driver's side door. There was also wine on the road outside the car. That's significantly weirder. That's weird, right? A liquor store receipt from earlier in the day was found on the floor of the car, which is how they know what she bought, because all the other alcohol she bought that day was missing. A Coke bottle filled with a red liquid that, quote, The Kahlua's sm- gone? The yeah, the Kahlua's is gone. gone. When you're in a car accident and you have minutes to disappear... You take your Kahluas and Bailey, I you guess. You get that fucking Kahlua. You've got, uh, again, mudslides? There's something Leave you can make out of Leave the shampoo there. You gotta get the Kahlua. You've gotta get the Kahlua. Um, a Coke bottle filled with a red liquid that, quote, smelled strongly of alcohol. Solid police work, guys. Was also <laughs> found in the car. There's a broken box of red wine and a bottle filled with red liquid. I wonder what that could be. Hmm. Atwood says, though, that Mora didn't seem intoxicated when he Let's spoke to her. Let's put two and two together. Yeah, like, solid police work. But Atwood, I mean, Atwood is obviously not a human breathalyzer, but he said that she didn't look intoxicated, and she didn't sound intoxicated when he spoke to her. And then, yeah, everything other than the alcohol... And, she, and she's not a big woman. Like, no, if she'd been she's drinking not. any substantial amount, it would probably be clear you, that It she would was probably be noticeable. And, and if you're looking at somebody who's just had a car accident, you're going to, like, ask yourself, is this person drunk? Yeah. No, like, you would probably be looking for it. And, I mean, again, like, he's not a human breathalyzer. He can't tell if she's been drinking at all. But she hasn't been drinking to the point of obvious intoxication. So all of Mora's possessions, other than the alcohol, her debit card, credit card, and cell phone were still in the car. Um, and, like, her debit card, credit card, and cell phone have never been used since. Like, February 9th, 2004 is the last time any of those things are used. But the Kahlua's gone. The Kahlua is gone. Um, So wherever she was, she took Kahlua. When her car was towed away, though, that night, it was discovered that the rag from Mora's emergency roadside kit had been stuffed into the muffler pipe. 
It's not really clear why she would do this. I had to look this up, but apparently you can do this to check for leaks in your exhaust. But that, I mean, really, in circumstances, that really seems like the least of her problems. Yeah, like, why are you doing routine maintenance? You just hit a tree. Yeah, like, the, the part of your car that hit the tree is more of an issue than your exhaust. People have also suggested that this is evidence of her being suicidal, but this is a pretty feeble suicide attempt because you can't, yeah. just, you can't just block up the exhaust. It doesn't go back up into the car. You need a way to actually funnel, like, CO back into the car. Yeah, like, you, her, you can't... Monoxide. Like, you're in an open area. You cannot kill yourself this way. And you no. have to be pretty stupid to think that you could. And I think it's very clear that she's not stupid. Yeah, no, she's not she's not a stupid woman at all. And like plugging up your exhaust and waiting hoping you die before the police get there is not it's not going to work for you. No. <laughs> like why would she in the space of time between she has when she has this accident and when the like and and before she takes off from the scene, why would she just stuff this emergency road kit fabric into, into the, the exhaust? Car. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, her father actually thinks she might have done it to plug up the smoke from the exhaust to keep anyone from noticing the accident. Which, I mean... That's more reasonable than it's more that reasonable. she's suicidal. Yeah, it just, it kind of begs the question as to why. Yeah, right? like, like, there's no clear motive for doing that, but it makes slightly more sense. I mean, we'll get into, like, the possible explanations at the end, but it doesn't, it doesn't really fit. But, I mean, this is something that, that we found, and it's part of her disappearance, so... I mean, if, if anyone listening can figure out what it means, you might be about to crack a very confusing cold case. And also, like, this changes depending on who you ask. I mean, the documentary on her is called Footsteps in the Snow. There were footsteps in the snow found around the car. She had been walking around the car after the accident, but they don't lead anywhere. Her, her footprints just sort of end. And it's, it's literally like aliens beamed her up into the sky. There wasn't, like, an obvious footprint trail into the snowbank. Mm. There, she's just sort of gone. Like it's, it's like she vaporized. So we have a line of sight in the road up ahead from Butch, and yeah, we probably would see unless you've got very hard packed snow, you would see footprints if she just went off the road. Yeah, and I mean, like, there's only one road here. Like, this is a very small rural area, and had had Mora got into a car and drove toward Butch, like he presumably would have noticed. Maybe also why? So I'll we'll get into the aftermath. Like, what are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> no. Jesus Christ. You don't need to know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. It's like, all right, are you building an escape pod to get away from me? Like, what are you doing? But uh, Jessica can can just work on, I don't know, repairing her dishwasher or whatever the fuck she's doing. <laughs> but uh, the aftermath, like, as with many cold cases, the police work in the immediate hours and days after Mora's disappearance was not great. Like, this is where you need the, the head pillow. For yeah, because, like... Safe, safe head the, beating. Part of the problem is that usually the first officers on the scene are not yeah. specialized in any way to deal with these kinds of situations because and they don't send the specialists because they don't know how serious it is until quite a bit later after the initial investigation has gone on for a while. Yeah. Like, you don't send homicide out to a car accident, and you certainly don't send missing persons. No, exactly. You send exactly. Joey from traffic. 
No, exactly. So police get to the scene and they drove... Remember, her car had been pointing west in an eastbound lane. And they determined that she had been driving, hit a tree, and spun around. So she had initially been going, I guess, probably eastbound? I actually don't know. how. It depends, I guess, how many times she spun. But um, I don't know how New England works. I don't know. But police drove westbound looking for Mora for 15 minutes and didn't see her. They did not search eastbound because her car had been pointing west. Not great. Not, no. No. Because um, she was in a car accident. Why would it... Oh, fuck's sakes. <laughs> no, I know. So at noon the next day, this is February 10th, um, she's been gone for just over 12 hours. Um, actually, more like 17, I guess. I'm going to have done Depends that math on when wrong. You- you start with the missing. It depends when you start with the missing. I mean, technically, she's been gone since like 3.30 in the afternoon when she left campus. But police issued a be on the lookout for Mora, which is like, it's not, she's not missing. They're just, it's just a BOL. Um, yeah, but they're just like, it's kind of weird that this chick left her car here, but just look for her. If you see her, call it in. She, the she problem- looks like a comedian that'll be famous in about a decade. <laughs> No, like it's brunette. spooky. I swear to God, look up Maura Murray. It is creepy. It's creepy. The first BOL... The also, is- probably evidence that I have psychic powers. <laughs> yeah, she's like, or the Jessica goes through my phone when I'm not looking. Um, <laughs> this is... Oh, God. Don't think, uh, only dream. I have nightmares, and you're in all of them. Um, <laughs> The I first dream of me. No. The uh the first BOL, the problem is they get her height wrong and they get her clothing wrong. And not just like a little wrong, but like a oh lot boy. wrong. How so the wrong? first BOL says that she's five foot three, which I think is a perfectly reasonable height for a human being to be. <laughs> Shut <laughs> You're up, a Jessica. Midget. Shut up. Um, and that she was wearing dark pants, but Mora was actually five foot seven, and she was actually believed to have disappeared in jeans. So the first BOL is useless. Oh boy. So yeah. we have slightly below average versus very tall for a woman. Is five seven very tall for a woman? I feel like it's like pretty tall for a woman. Yeah, average average height in in the U.S. It's slightly shorter in Canada. Is five foot five? Are we slightly shorter? Yeah, we have why? we have more Asian people. Is that really why? Probably. Or have we just evolved to like I don't know, be smaller and harder for bears to find? I don't know. You know, we're we're just hardier stock. We're, we're just we're, we're just we have stocky we, we, and lower to the less, ground. Less extremities and and more in the middle to keep us warm during the winter. <laughs> it's kind of that's okay. Yeah, I don't actually know why. It's probably just a weird demographic thing. I don't yeah, know, we're maybe. slightly shorter. Okay. On average. Well, she's she's above average for a woman. Yeah, so she's two inches she taller than average, and they have her. Like, two four inches shorter. inches shorter, making her slightly shorter than average. Yeah. Um, so, tall for a woman versus short. Yeah, and then wrong pants, which is which is less of an issue, but still. Like, it's not, there was not really a sense of urgency here. Yeah, like, it's one thing if you're two inches off. When you're four inches off, nobody's gonna recognize this person. No. And, I mean, Amy Schumer hadn't made a big yet, so you don't have anything to compare yeah. her to. Like, like... <laughs> You can't just tell people in the, no, in the future, like, there's just gonna be this one comedian and, like, eerie. Just eerie. It's weird. It's weird. So her dad gets a message at 3.20 p.m. that tells him his car's been abandoned in Woodsville, which has got to have confused the fuck out of him. 
why is my car abandoned in Woodsville? What yep. the fuck? He was actually out of state for work and didn't get the message. So his uh, other daughter, Kathleen, contacts him and at 5 p.m. this has to be even more inexplicable to Kathleen. Yeah, what the hell? So she contacts him at 5 p.m. to let him know that Moore is missing. And he immediately phones police and demands that they search for his daughter. Only to be told that Fish and Game would start a search on Wednesday. Not the police. Fish and Game are going to go look for her. Like, I don't want to impugn Fish and Game. No, like, but, I, they do great But we're not work. looking for a fish or game. We're no. looking for a human being and They're she's missing. They're a fine organization, but if I go missing, that's not, that's not who I want to call. I completely respect their ability to regulate both fish and game. Right, like, but I But when have... you have a missing persons case... You do not start first thing Wednesday. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I have great respect for the Department of Education, but if my house burns down, like, I don't really want them to be the first ones to respond. You know, it's just sort of, it's a matter of specialization. You know, like, I, <laughs> you know, I have unlimited esteem for, you know, parks, like, the Parks and Recreational Service, but they should not be handling national security. Everyone stay in their lane. <laughs> Yeah, so they said, oh, we'll start looking for her on Wednesday if she hadn't turned up. Um, and she's first recorded as missing by the police at 5.17 p.m. on the 10th. And she it's, not, almost... like this is, it's yeah. not like this is unsuspicious. And she's it's also a like... woman from out of state who went missing after having a car accident on a relatively, in a, in a, in a, near a relatively small town on a largely abandoned road. Yeah, and also it's not like they That's have anything else to do. It's the middle of winter. And what else Where does the rural police department have to do in February? <laughs> like, what are you guys so busy with? Oh, you know, we have that. We have the, we we have the we have the game against the the firefighters. You know, <laughs> you just sound like a Bob and Doug McKenzie sketch. <laughs> do they not sound like that in New I, Hampshire? <laughs> I don't know. I've never spoken to anyone from New Hampshire, I don't think. I can't do a New England accent. You'll have to deal with Bob and Doug. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You go, we default to Bob and Doug McKenzie. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> when you don't know the accent, eh, you just just sound like a hoser. <laughs> you hoser. Oh, you hoser. <laughs> uh, so the first formal search begins 12 hours after her father's phone call because her dad was losing his shit. Yeah. Under, like understandably, I'm not trying. To, I'm not trying to judge her father for being upset. Like, understandably, he is losing his shit. His kid is missing in the wrong state. <laughs> like, calm down, sir. Just because, like, <laughs> she had a car accident in You're a state she wasn't supposed to be in. Cool your tits. Cool your tits. Calm your tits. You're mixing idioms. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. My tits are I, too I, hot. <laughs> I I mean like if he if his tits are too warm or if they're moving around or if they they're losing their losing their cool. I don't I don't care. I don't care. Yep. His tits are doing something they shouldn't be. Yep. So the the first formal search begins. 36 hours after she vanishes. And, like, if you watch a lot of true crime television, that's not a good number. No. Like, your, your first best chances, 24 hours First 24 important. and definitely first 48. And they've eaten up most of that time now. Yeah, probably getting donuts or something. I don't know what cups do. Wheelies and... Are we falling back on that stereotype where just, they're all just donut eaters? I want to I expand. Hey, I didn't say they were donut eaters. I said they were doing donuts. 
I thought you said they were just getting donuts and just flinging them out of their cars. I'm yeah, they're not even it. eating them. They're not even bothering to eat them. They're just they... whiling away the time while this woman is missing. <laughs> buying, buying perfectly di- good donuts and dumping them into the snow. <laughs> so helicopter and foot searches of the area she vanished turned up nothing. And then uh, they got out the search dogs and a search dog traced her scent to an intersection about 100 yards from where the accident happened. And then her scent disappears in the middle of the road, which they took to suggest that she maybe got into a vehicle. Mm. But like... Or it just means that there's been way too much through traffic and the dog has no idea what the hell to do with this. Also possible. I don't know know anything about how police dogs work. Um, But maybe. (laughs) They're adorable and they're vicious. But only when ordered to do because they're good boys. (laughs) Do you just praise police dogs or he's a good puppy? I, I just like dogs. That's like, true. I like dogs. And if you put them in uniforms, that's adorable. <laughs> I like a dog in uniform. I love, I love, I love a dog in uniform. <laughs> well, the dog was probably the only person who took Morris' case seriously because the police concluded basically that she was suicidal or trying to start a new life, and they told Morris' parents that it was perfectly legal for her to leave and to not want to be found. Which just, I mean, is super nonchalant about the suicidal thing. Like she just died. Get over it. It's not illegal. <laughs> It's not illegal to want to die. Like, that seems like a pretty nonchalant response. Like, I hope if I ever call the police for a suicidal person that they'll, I don't, like, I don't know, care? Yeah, at least look, look for them. Then, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like, I'll just bring the dog out. Like, maybe turn the chopper, chopper around. Like, care slightly more. Care slightly. a little more. So she was not listed as missing. She was listed as endangered and possibly suicidal. At the press release that they put out about this case, they said that she was intoxicated at the scene of the accident, but they don't have any firm evidence of this because none of the witnesses who spoke to the press reported that she appeared intoxicated. So they just sort of concluded this based on, like, the presence of her wine, I guess. Which <laughs> There was wine there. There was wine there. They don't know Close how much enough. of it she It might have been in her body. You know, like, whatever percentage close you are to wine, maybe some of it's inside of you, statistically. <laughs> that's a really fucked up application of statistics. <laughs> I don't, I don't statistically, think that's how this works. <laughs> statistically, the average person has slightly less than two, two legs. <laughs> I mean, that's true. But I, I mean, in that, like, some people are missing legs, and not that, like, some people have one skinny leg. <laughs> <laughs> Statistics are fun when you don't use them properly. (laughs) This is why you have an art degree. Yeah, also when they started instituting new helmets in World War I, they had an increase in head wounds. What? You know why that was? Because they started measuring? No, because they had less deaths, and people who died of headshots weren't labeled as having head wounds. So more people were just surviving getting shot in the face. Oh, interesting. But they were like, fuck, these cause head injuries. Stop wearing them immediately. (laughs) God damn it, statistics. You know, like statistics, they can be they can be misleading. Seventy three percent of statistics are made up on the spot. That's what I've heard. Mora's phone uh, couldn't be located with GPS. We're going we're going back to Mora, uh, which means that she was either in an area with poor coverage or the battery was dead, or I guess that she had like hurled the phone into a snowbank to die. I don't know. Anything is possible. Anything is really possible in this case. The aliens took her phone. They she wouldn't give it back. Certainly never used it again. No, and it was never able to be located by GPS again. So it was never, like, connected to a cell phone tower again. Mm-hmm. So she um, never even charged it and turned it back on. 
and what's really, really infuriating, like this is this is probably the most infuriating thing of all, was that when her father drove to Burlington and Stowe, which are the two areas of Vermont that she had been researching the day she disappeared, he discovered that the Vermont police hadn't heard of her at all. Haverhill police didn't bother to inform any other police departments about her disappearance, including other departments further along Route 112. Yeah, I, I can't make that, like, dying goat noise, but I agree with it. I don't know what that is, but I agree with it. Yeah, they didn't contact anybody. It was her dad who, who got the word out that, like, she'd vanished and she was possibly on her way to Vermont. Okay, okay. There is, like... Even if, even if you can't get fish in game, like, even, like, <laughs> fish in game are busy. <laughs> even if you can't get fish in game, somebody other than, like, the spot-on detective work of, like, the out-of-state victim's father, father <laughs> yeah. you know, detective Mr. Dad should be doing something. <laughs> yeah. So, like, in defense... Like, put the word out. Yeah, well, I, I mean, like, in defense of the Haverhill police, um, which is normally, apparently, a seven-officer team. This is prime police shit right now. Uh, at the time of her disappearance, they were down to three officers and a chief. And I think there was, oh. like, hilariously small-town reasons for this. I don't remember what they are. It's like somebody got sick or something. Somebody moved. Probably somebody <laughs> were, was pregnant and somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. moved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's stuff like that. Like they were, they were. And you're like the pregnant officers married to one of the other officers. I mean, you've I you've know. invented a whole drama out of just. I care so numbers. much about these people's lives now. I'm I'm, I'm so invested. I'm sad I ever doubted them. So the search efforts were pretty much entirely carried out by friends, family, and just like complete fucking strangers. It's not great. So ten days after the accident. Her dad realized that the eyewitnesses to the accident, the people who called to report it, had not been spoken to by the police. So, like, ten days go by and nobody's talked to the eyewitnesses. So he let police know that they was, like, thoroughly... Which was a couple. Yeah, no, neither of them had been talked to. Nobody along oh. that Route 112 turn had been talked to. And, so he like, let... this is yeah. infuriating from our perspective, like, knowing that she is missing and that, like, she has not been found. Yeah, knowing but that this turns makes into... a level of sense. Like, you're an understaffed rural police force and you've never seen a major missing persons case before. You yeah. don't know what that looks like and you don't know necessarily have the kind of training yeah, to I'm... handle it. You I'm don't sure... know what the best practices are. Yeah, I'm sure, like, a lot of this can be chalked up to, like, pure inexperience, but it's still frustrating, like, in oh, yeah. hindsight. I mean, and, I, and again, like, I raised the question, like, what else were they doing? Like, this feels like the kind of area where, like, a lot of police calls are, like, of the, you know, like, lost cow variety and not, like, You're like this feels like it should be a priority. There's a goose in my house. Will somebody please come get it that and feels... return it to wherever, wherever a goose is supposed to be? Yeah, like, I, I don't believe that they were, like, hunting down serial killers and just couldn't, didn't spare the effort. Like, I, I really want to know what else they were doing. You know, like, what seemed so important? The policeman's ball? There's only, you don't even there's, have enough people for more you than, can't like. can't even do this. You like you can you barely can't manage have a picnic. A yep. <laughs> you don't have enough people. <laughs> you you can't start a bowling team. You don't have enough people. Softball is out. Yeah, like you can't do police versus firemen. Like you'd all have to be together to make one team. As someone who has just... Oh, as someone who has lived in an exceptionally small town, firemen in these areas are strictly voluntary. Like don't don't catch fire in a small town. Or vanish apparently. 
so her dad realizes 10 days later, nobody's talked to Butch. Nobody's talked to um, whoever the couple is. And he, again, like, loses his fucking shit on the Because of course he does. Because of course he his does. His daughter's like, missing. I would also, I would go full taken in this situation. Yeah. So her, the police launch a Bring second search. Yeah. But they refuse to upgrade the case for missing person. She's, she's finally a missing person at this point. And they refuse to upgrade her case from missing person to a criminal investigation. So they search, they find nothing, and the case goes cold. And actually, the case has been cold ever since. Um, but her dad, I think to this day, keeps going back to the area every weekend. Or he went back to the area almost every weekend for over a year to keep looking for Mora. Like, her dad oh. has been relentless in all of this. I mean, if, there are you can find blogs and stuff out there that will explain in detail while her why her dad is behind it or that her dad knows something, but I don't know. Like it, in her, it, he's close to her. She he's always going to be a suspect, but yeah, he like, really led the effort here. Way more so than the police. Family members tend to be suspects because yeah. like in when you're talking about crimes of passion, you know, who has more passion than who a family has more member? Passion than your family or Billy, whatever. But like Oh, he's he's in he's in stuff too. Yeah, yeah but like, don't you worry. You you do not have to return to the scene of the crime and to lead like a new search every other like every long weekend you get to convince people that you're genuinely concerned that your daughter is every missing. weekend. Like this guy made like fifty returns to this area. Yeah, like at that point, people like either you are genuinely grieving or you are a masterful actor. I was gonna say, like, if you if that's you almost deserve to get away with it if you are willing to do to put in that much work. I mean, that's almost impressive. I don't think I don't think there's too many people who suspect him of killing her. I think it's more that like people suspect that he helped her orchestrate her disappearance. Um, which I don't know. We'll we'll get into some of the theories and why nothing in this case makes sense. But because yeah, that e- that makes even less sense. But we'll it get makes to that. it makes even less sense. We'll get to it. Um, so three months after she disappears. They get a new lead from a local contractor named Rick Forcier, which is like the most New England thing I can think of. Rick Fossier. Fossier. Between 8 to 8.30 that night, he was on his way home from work, and he spotted a young person in dark jeans and a dark jacket walking eastbound on Route 112, about four to five miles east of where Mora's car had crashed. It took the guy about three months to check his work. Again, the police weren't really looking for leads as, as actively as they should have been. And it took him three months to check his work schedule and realize that he had seen this person the night of Mora's disappearance. So this guy like had written records to check. It's Again, eyewitness testimony is terrible. But he was able to drive this against his work records and realize that that happened the night that she had disappeared. And this is the last really probable sighting of Mora that we get. I guess it's also like, remember, like, when they searched for her, they only looked west. They didn't actually go east of the accident. Because her car had been pointing west, and they assumed that that was where she was going. When I think in reality, she was driving east. Yeah, because, like, if she hit a... Just, I don't I don't know how the physics of any no of this works. No one that the car, car might have get, gotten turned around. I guess not. Maybe I, they I actually asked Butch. Maybe. They didn't ask him, did they? You're really defensive about this. You just found out about this person like an hour ago. I think that if you find out that somebody who lives on this road, their name is Butch, and they drive, their name is Butch They drive a school bus. And they drive a school bus. I don't care what happened. I want to talk to this guy. (laughs) He seems interesting. You're just going to turn up at this man's house. 
what else are they doing? It's a small town. This seems exciting to me. Well, like, they continue to fuck up. So two weeks after Morris- I've never met anyone named Butch. <laughs> You're just really what excited. What have I been doing it's with not my even about, It's not even about the, the case. It's just about his name being Butch. He sounds cool. I want to be friends. <laughs> You're so lonely. <laughs> we need to get I you just, out of I there. get so isolated. I don't have a car I can drive, and I probably shouldn't anyway. And the transit oh. here is shite. Oh, get, you're, someone needs to come rescue you. Everyone works all day, and I just hang out with some dogs, and they just—they don't—they don't talk when I talk to them. They just stare at me. I need someone who's not me to go rescue you. <laughs> you're so lonely. But uh, Mora's so Mora's car. It was a voice crack. I'm going through second puberty here. Mora's car and her belongings were eventually returned to the family about two weeks after, or a couple of weeks after she she vanished. They gave everything back, and the police said they had no evidence of foul play and no reason to hang on to this stuff. And then two weeks after they released her possessions, the police turned up at her sister's house to get them again, including her hard drive, which is how they found sort of her, her search history, saying that they needed them for forensic testing because they had just gotten the major crimes unit involved. But, like, as, as far as police work goes, like, that is pretty sloppy. Oh, can you imagine, like, if you're part of the major crimes unit and, like, they finally contact you or you finally take an interest in this case and you're just like, all right, so where's the stuff? And they're just uh, we're like, is, it's in lockup, right? And then there's just, like, three get, small we, town cops just sort of staring at staring you. Staring at each other. Staring at each other. And <laughs> <laughs> it back. Oops. Um... <laughs> Can we can we call can you we? back? Yeah, we're gonna be right back. Just hold. Don't go. Any, just hold on. Like none of her family live in New Hampshire. I assume they like had to ship this fucking car back to her family. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. were like, all right, back the flatbed up. We we fucked up. They had Tim drive it. <laughs> um. So that like this is in July when they when they go back to get her shit, and on July thirteenth they launched this extensive search in a one mile radius around the accident site. And they claimed that they were looking for any belongings she may have left behind, like the, the black backpack full of Kahlua. To date, though, her family haven't been told why the belongings were seized or why the search was reopened. Like, if there was something that triggers it or some new lead that came in, the family to date don't know what it was. Just that, the, I, as far as I know, the police still have her stuff. That is odd. Yep. So in late 2000, everything about this case is fucking odd. In late 2004- like- the only way that that makes any sense that they wouldn't tell them, especially at this point, would be if, like, it was kind of random. Like, it just triggered something in the system and, like, major crimes got involved and then they were just like, oh, you idiots, give it back. Like, get, take that back. Get the shit back. I don't know if it was back. to cover what their the own asses, if they just don't want to be embarrassed. I don't know what it is. Like, nobody knows what this is. It's just, entirely just speculation. Just higher up figuring out that, like, they haven't done their due diligence and just correcting it after the fact? Who knows? Who knows? But in late 2004, Morris' father also hit up a brick wall with the police. He was approached by a man who gives him a jackknife. This is, this is all, everything about this encounter is awful. This man goes up to him and gives him a jackknife with brown stains on it and says that it was his brother's knife and that his brother may have been connected to Morris' disappearance. So the brother lived about a mile oh, from... Yeah, okay. this is not an encounter anybody ever wants to have at any Is this point. like a typical thing that happens in New Hampshire People slash just wherever the dad is staying? Give you knives? Just, here you go. <laughs> it's hey, dangerous nice to come alone. Massachusetts, isn't it? Would you like this knife? <laughs> With dangerous. suspicious stains on it? Suspiciously that seemed like just knives. the thing you needed on a day like I this. I people greet each other in New Hampshire. But he said this was his brother's knife. The brother lived about a mile from the accident. 
and like was by all accounts like not a pleasant human being. He had a long history of violence and the brother's girlfriend began acting very strangely around the time of the disappearance. So he gives Fred Murray the knife and is like, do what you will with this, I guess. So Fred Murray goes hey, to- Hey, Mr. Murray, would you like this knife? I there got it go. from my brother. He's a little nuts. Yeah, good luck. So the- Later! Fred Fred Murray goes to give the knife to the police, obviously. And the dispatcher- Duh. Yeah. The dispatcher tells him that nobody's available to accept the knife. He's in the police station. And that he would have to go home and send it to them in the mail. But he's here! I know, I know. But, I mean, he did. Like, he. what else are you going to do? He, like, you, like, you can't actually is- wave <laughs> a knife at a police dispatcher. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's just like, you're trying to hand it over. <laughs> threaten, you can't, you shouldn't threaten him at stained knife point. Even if you're, like, pointing, like, the other end of them at them. Like, no, just take it! Yeah, so, I mean, he did. Although and- that is the absolutely the kind of logic that, like, opposite secretaries all over the world have used on me. What? No, like, can you, have you never been in a situation where, like, you make a perfectly n- normal-seeming request and, like, the secretary just goes, no, do this completely idiotic thing instead. But what is a reasonable request in Jessica's head? I think we've had enough conversations about me not incriminating myself for one week. <laughs> That's what I thought. Um, so the dad, Fred Murray, I'm gets- I'm just saying they could make my life a little easier. <laughs> you have to wear shoes in restaurants, Jessica. It's not You know, like sometimes you just wander into a place and you're like, hey, can you take this knife for me? And Don't mind like- the stains. And they're like, um, excuse me, this is a Denny's. You're going to have to take that shit to the Waffle House. <laughs> Do we even have a Waffle House in Edmonton? I don't know. I I, 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 I get I all of my know. street fighting done at Denny's. <laughs> Obviously. For all of in my... In the parking lot or in the all breakfast All of my nook. drunken street fighting needs. <laughs> and pancakes. So with a knife, Fred Murray gets... He gets a receipt in I the mail. I hop. You stop incriminating. We talked about this. <laughs> But, like, to date, the police have I'm never just followed that up. I hop has a better class of street fighter. You're gonna die. <laughs> and then who will I do this podcast with? Probably just get one of the other Jessica Pichos. <laughs> There's so many. Um, but the police, the police have never followed up about this knife. He doesn't know if they've tested it or not. The man who gave him the knife has since died because this case is getting old. And the brother's never really been contacted. So, could have been a bum lead. God. Could have gone somewhere. Maybe they were like, eh, it's human blood, but it's not Mora's blood. <laughs> throw it out. It's, Just it's throw it away. <laughs> it's fine. It's filthy. So, like, <laughs> the the father has been trying to get Why the Why did you FBI. give me this? It's disgusting. It's, it's covered gross. in blood. Ew. I work in the evidence lab. Why does everyone keep giving me bloody things? So the dad, Fred Murray, has been trying to get the FBI involved for years. Which they can only do if the state police invite them. I guess, like, the FBI are sort of, like, <laughs> vampires. They can't come in unless you invite them. <laughs> Which, I mean, given the current state of the FBI, sure. <laughs> they, 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 they also have an aversion to holy water, and uh, and you Sunlight can't see them in and... mirrors. <laughs> Weird. I didn't yeah. know that was a requirement. Every time you take a, try to take a photo of, of James Comey, you know, just like uh, he's just the, a the, six foot eight suit walking around. 
Disembodied. Why he's so tall. He's a monster. Disembodied. He's a monster. <laughs> James Comey is a monster. It's like our fifth conspiracy theory of the episode. <laughs> James <laughs> Comey is literally a vampire. Pass it on. <laughs> um, he's living in the woods with Mona, with Maura Murray and Bigfoot, and they're lovely children. <laughs> Who's like Moras and Bigfoots, Moras and Comies, Comies and Bigfoots, <laughs> all of the above? Just this like hermaphroditic Bigfoot. Support, support alternate parenting styles like missing persons, Bigfoot, <laughs> and and former FBI directors. Love is love, Jessica. Love, love is, is love. love. <laughs> so like Fred. Keep jumping back to Maura Murr and I sound fucking crazy. Fred is like, he's done. Like, he's so fed up. He's just spent the last couple years basically filing lawsuits against the state and the police department to try to, like, at least get copies of his daughter's case, to try to get the FBI involved, to try to get anyone to care that isn't, like, an internet justice crusader. There's, like, there's, seriously, there's whole, there's a whole subreddit on Maura Murray, and I have no idea if it's a popular subreddit or if Reddit just keeps recommending it to me because it knows that I obsessively Google this case. But it, it, Reddit is on to you, Janelle. Reddit's on to me. Uh, everyone, I, I don't suppose Fred really appreciates the, the subreddit. I don't think. I think, maybe, I don't maybe know. He goes on I, think I, don't he, know. I think he's fine with people caring. Um, I think he ranks it below the FBI caring, but yeah, probably above I mean, nobody giving a shit. If I disappear, like, please, please, I mean... At I least guess it would be the RCMP. That's the least please get deserve. the RCMP. I was going to say, please tell the Edmonton Police Service before you tell Reddit. <laughs> would be my, those are my, this is my living then will. Then tell Reddit. Then tell then. Reddit. Only, then and only the, then. The appropriate legal authorities, then Reddit. Exactly. Then MySpace. Well, when he couldn't get the FBI, I guess the next best thing was that, like, about 10 retired police uh, officers and police detectives banded together to form, and this is true, the New Hampshire League of Investigators, which is awesome. It just sounds like a geriatric justice league. I love it. They should have a comic book. They should, and they decided that they were going to independently investigate Morris' case using the evidence available. uh, There's never been a New Hampshire-based team of superheroes, and I think that's a shame. (laughs) I was going to say I think that's appropriate, but I guess we have different... (laughs) Opinions of New Hampshire. We all have our opinions. We just need to respect what each other thinks. Coexist. That's so half new, a uh, superhero. Half a superhero. Excellent. Super torso. <laughs> At least two-fifth. Excellent. So they decided to do something apparently that hadn't dawned on the police, which was rent out cadaver dogs. And they were going to search. Oh, jeez, really? Yeah, that was that was them. Because she might be dead at this point. Yeah. And not, like, still hanging out alive within the, like, the square mile from where she disappeared. No, exactly. Well, this is something I didn't know. Apparently, 95% of homicide victims are found within five miles of where they were last seen. So they went out and searched probable dumping sites within a five-mile radius of the accident. Finally. Statistics right? to the rescue. Exactly. So her dad became suspicious of an A-frame house near the scene of the accident. I have no idea what about this house was suspicious, but her dad felt it was a particularly suspicious house. Shaped like the letter A. Fuck that. Fuck A in particular. And when he found out that this house was for sale, he contacted the real estate agent, the most permissive- for arson and assault and other words that start crimes. This is why we don't let you write children's books. 
Um, <laughs> a is for arson. B is for burglary. Oh my God. C is for corpse. I can go on all day. I picked a really bad moment to take a drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> D is for decomposition. That is enough. That is enough out of you. <laughs> e is for electrocution. The fact that you can do this off the top of your head scares me. F is for fatal. <laughs> fatal. Fatality. I'd go on, but I don't remember the next letter of the alphabet. Oh my god. <laughs> it's G. It is yeah, G. I was gonna say. <laughs> G is You have gore. a master's degree. <laughs> and In nothing language. about my master's degree has ever required me to know the alphabet. You have In a fact, master's degree in when languages. I first, when, I, when I first took the, the, the math courses, I was required to get into my bachelor's degree. I had a problem with several math tests because they kept asking me, like, to, like, times the number of letters there were on the alphabet, and I thought there was 27. So, I was 18. (laughs) Again, they let you get a master's degree. They didn't let me. I earned that shit. I mean, fine, but, like, you had to- I clawed it away from them. I clawed my way up, regardless of how many letters there are in the alphabet. Well, it's small things like that. hemoglobin. Why is that? I was going to say homicide. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you can write to... your own murder book. <laughs> I will with hookers and I don't remember what the saying is. Cocaine? Blackjack and hookers. That's the one. <laughs> I've been watching Futurama all day. I'm really, I'm really ashamed of myself. I, intestines. Back to Mora and her creepy house. The dad contacts the real estate agent and says, yo, can I search your house with cadaver dogs? And the guy was like, sure. Cool. There's nothing on television. I don't even have television. Do you say no to a grieving father? I don't know. So, cadaver dogs had a hit on the house, particularly in a downstairs closet. Um, Oh, jeez. Really? Yeah. Maybe he shouldn't have said yes. Yeah, he probably regrets that immensely. So, like, there's no evidence that it's Mora. I mean, in defense. It's just that something dead was in the closet, probably. <laughs> I say it's that. New Hampshire, who it, knows? It's less comforting than I thought that would be. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't have any stereotypes about New Hampshire because, like, I've never known anyone from New Hampshire. But I think the next time I try to express, like, stereotypical ideas about New Hampshire, people are going to be concerned. It's like, oh, you know, it's New Hampshire. Like, who doesn't, hasn't at some point had a corpse in their closet? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, know. as long as it's not a human one. Don't don't come visit me in the States. I feel like you're just gonna, you're gonna form some weird stereotypes that didn't need to be formed. Yeah, you'll let me stay on your on your couch for like two weeks, and then and then you're gonna be immediately deported. <laughs> it's gonna be a really really short graduate school experience. <laughs> Went for two weeks, got deported by Jessica. Deported on Jessica. principle for knowing Jessica. <laughs> That's true. Stay away from my visa applications. Take me with you. <laughs> J jail. That's a good one. So. They took items out of the house, which I guess, again, really permissive real estate agent, and stained carpet samples. And the articles I read specified that they were stained. They were seized. Mm. Some of them were sent to the state police. Others were hung on to by the investigators who didn't turn out to be that helpful in the end. Because none of this was ever tested. We don't know. This went nowhere. We don't know anything about the house. What was dead in the closet. I know. I know. Just, just, Just work through it. Just make... Impotent noises, it's fine. 
But... Oh my god. <laughs> you, hey, chill. You sound like a fox going through a blender. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound foxes make when they fall in love. They scream. For they do not understand. <laughs> I think that we all have similar emotions. I, was I, make, I make a similar sound. <laughs> you just look into the eyes of a cute boy at a party and then just let out an unholy scream. It's my mating call. <laughs> <laughs> if so far, it has worked never. Zero <laughs> percent success rate. I will die alone. <laughs> but at least I die consistent. Exactly. L. Lobotomy. Yeah. L was a hard one. L is a really hard one. Laparoscopic. Oh, that one's gross. Yeah, but also like pertains more to bariatric surgery than crime. So I know Shale, like Shale's dog, recently got laparoscopic surgery, and for like they told us, like, hey, don't let her be energetic, run around on or jump on top of furniture, or she might rip her stitches. And we're just like, oh, so what you mean is she's going to rip her stitches? (laughs) Did she do it? No, she somehow managed not to rip her stitches, despite the fact that this dog has, like, no ability to recognize pain and, like, frequently tries to scratch her back on, like, barbed wire fences. She somehow managed not to reopen her recent wound. We don't know how she managed it. Well, this like, podcast- one of her favorite <laughs> hobbies is doing kickflips. I don't understand. How does a dog do a kickflip? I don't know, like, sometimes you blow a bubble and then the dog just comes by and does a kickflip, trying to eat it. I'm not, like, entirely sure if you have a family or if you've just been, like, hallucinating in an abandoned shack for the last 26 years of your life. I mean, it's entirely plausible, but if so, that shack is in Grand Prairie and it does have Wi-Fi. Like, I've met your sister, I'm, but I'm not ruling out collective hallucination, which, funny enough, is the topic of my next podcast. <laughs> or my previous podcast, depending on what order we are these days. And, and to be to, to, to note, my sister looks a lot like me. Your sister is like a clone of you that takes care of you, kind of. <laughs> like she's nice about it, but like she makes sure I don't I, that I don't die. <laughs> she's like Jessica. Don't eat that fucking bleach. <laughs> she's the reason we have a podcast. She's the reason I've become the success I am today. Excellent. Someone who doesn't eat bleach. That's all your mother really wanted. Master's degree, no bleach eating. All right, we're going to make things weirder. M, murder. Well, that's straightforward. So most of the details that I've talked to you in this podcast up to this point have come from a really good investigative series on the case called Mora is Missing by Marybeth Conway, which came out in the Whitman Hansen Express. It's a really great series of articles. If you're interested in the case, you should read it. But the problem with it is that it was published in 2009, which it turns out is actually a really fucking long time ago. So since then... Yeah, that thing is nowhere. Yeah, it's... I mean, I had to find a, like, internet time machine copy of it. Like, it's, it's hard to find. But it's really good, so it's a, it's a shame that it's it's so hard to find. Like that is GeoCities l- l- like era. It is actually two thousand nine. I had Facebook. I don't in know how time works. You don't know how time works. You're basically a dog that learned to talk. <laughs> <laughs> so since in the last, but oh, I know how not to rip my stitches. I just realized that two thousand nine was eight years ago, and now I feel old and sad in that order. The best source of information 
Currently, if you want to stay up to date with the Maura Murray case, comes from a blog by true crime author James Renner, whose dedication to this case is astounding. Like, it's incredible how much information this man has gathered about this case. He actually put out a book on the case last year. So if you want to know more about what happened to Maura, you should go read the book. But in case you don't want to read and you fear words, here read are the- is gross. Reading is gross. Here are the highlights. So for starters... Books will eat your face I, too and kill your children. That, too far. Too far. <laughs> I was just going to go with reading gives you headaches. You went right to homicide. And necrophilia. I was going to go with negligent homicide. Hmm. I'm like doing this in the back of my head while I read my notes. <laughs> <laughs> o is for, I don't know, obsession? Obsession would work. Yeah, I don't really know. I don't have much for that one. Occipital lobe damage also works. Ooh, very good word. Uh, so for starters, though, with Mora, we're going to go back and forth between murder children's book and Mora. <laughs> the, there's some weird things in Mora's phone records that were not found initially. So the day that Mora had a nervous breakdown, this is about four days before she vanishes, Mora called Domino's Pizza at 3.40 in the morning, which is 40 minutes after they close. Ah, disgusting. Disgusting. And she actually spoke to somebody there for a couple of minutes. Again, this is 40 minutes after they've closed. I've never worked at a pizza place before, but I don't think they stick around for that long after they're done. Yeah, that is deeply weird. That's deeply weird. Deeply, deeply weird. This was actually one of- yeah. If you work at a fast food restaurant and it closes and you're, you're done for the day, go home. Leave. <laughs> Get out of there. I mean, I worked at a Staples and I was gone like within a scientifically unmeasurable period of time after my shift ended. I was out the door. You broke you you broke some laws of physics. I broke some laws of physics to get out of that. And place. as you should. There you can only do so many hours of fluorescent lights and people arguing about pencil crayons. It breaks you. Just the idea of it makes me never want to go into a Staples again. Don't do it. I mean, do it. I like Staples. <laughs> yeah, but I can't go to the one here because the last time I was at the one here, um, I may have terrified a woman in the parking lot because I was trying to surf on a shopping cart. And uh, yeah, they might remember that. You need adult supervision. Yeah, probably. I'm starting to realize that I have some problems that I should work really work through. God. She well, didn't even get out of her car when I fell on my head. <laughs> See? Bystander effect. Next time. She was alone. It was almost an empty parking lot. She Whoa. was the only one there. Human <laughs> compassion is dead. <laughs> so the Domino's Pizza location that Mora had called, this is actually one of the locations where she'd been caught using a stolen credit card, and they definitely knew about it. So, like, why are they taking her calls? Just generally- Why are they taking them in the middle of the night? Yeah, what's up with it? Nothing about this makes sense. The following day was a snow day, and school was canceled. Mora didn't use her cell phone at all on the 6th until 6.13pm, which is super out of character for her. Mora was normally on the phone all day. Again- What's up with Especially that? Especially when, like, there's nothing going on. It's a snow day. What do you have better to do than, like, call some people to hang out? No, exactly. It, you it, don't have homework. It's like, super out of character. the school year hasn't started yet. Also, hours before she disappeared, Mora received a phone call that originated somewhere with the, within range of the Londonderry, New Hampshire phone tower. Which means the call has to have been... I mean, phone tower science isn't exact. But the phone mm-hmm. call has to have been that placed... basically just means they're somewhere. They're somewhere. They know that someone was in a 22-mile radius of this tower in New Hampshire. She was getting a phone call from New Hampshire. Which sort of like, who? Odd. Who was this? 
there's there's a theory that Mora was on her way to meet somebody, and this kind of lends credence to it. Yeah, because, like, who else does she know in New Hampshire? Because, like, if she knew somebody in New Hampshire that her parents knew about, wouldn't they have talked to them? Yeah, this is this is a secret person that we don't know about. Maybe. Um, the other thing is that, like, in the... Or it's a wrong number, but that's that's weird. No, it, it, I mean, she, she talked to this person, so... I think. I, I don't know. the Maybe not. She, but she received this phone call. It's still, it'd be a weird coincidence if it was a coincidence. The other thing is that um, Mora and Billy, who's, whose last name is apparently Roush. This is the first time I've put this in my notes. Mora and Billy were sort of... Billiam Roush. Billiam Roush. That's, that's what Bill is short for. <laughs> Billiam. Billiam. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Mora and Billy were Bill's painted worth. as like a happy couple in the years after she disappeared. And all the things that they talk about in... I mean, even in the article that I read that dated 2009, they were sort of painted as being that they were definitely going to get married. They were, you know, they were happy together. They were definitely going to get engaged. Um, But it seems like that's not really the case. When police found all of her shit boxed up in her dorm room, there was a printed email that had been placed on top of one of the boxes. And the email was about Bill cheating on her. So, I mean, she cared enough to print out the email. Yeah. Which, like, I don't know if people used to do that. I, I know there was a period, but... Like, usually if you're gonna be... Like, some people would print them out for, like, records, but they're like, that's, like, lawyers and shit. And other people would print out things that they're going to use later when they won't have access to the internet, like maps. Yeah, so, like, that's... But I don't know why, like, a young college student would be printing out just any old email. Yeah, well, I mean, this is an email with her boyfriend cheating on her, and it was placed on top of one of the boxes in her dorm room. Mm-hmm. The other thing that's really, I mean, the other thing that's really strange about the case is that, like, in every missing person cold case, you get sightings of this person that turn up for years. Often, like, even if you find out that somebody is has been dead for years, you, you still get these sightings long after they've actually died. And that is that is the case with Mora, but what's weird about it is that Mora- You get sightings even when, like, pe- we know where they died and how they died yeah, if they're you famous s- enough. Yeah, you, you get sightings. I mean- People are going to continue to cite Madeline McCann for 150 years. Like it's just people will people will still be seeing Elvis after he after he reaches a point where he he could not have conceivably lived given the longevity of the time. Yeah, you're going to you're going to have sightings that exceed the natural human lifespan, especially of, of missing persons, cold cases, people get interested in them and stuff. But the thing Ew, the thing that's weird. Oh god, you skipped some letters. <laughs> You skip P. M. You get P. No, I, I got P. You just didn't hear me. It was perforation. Ugh. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Nothing perforated very rarely precedes anything good. Yeah, usually the word, like an organ Colon. comes after, like yeah. lung. <laughs> yeah. Kidney. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back to Mora. The thing that's weird about Mora's sightings is that they are in one location. Mora is consistently sighted in and around the Sherbrooke area of Quebec, here in Canada. That is not in New Hampshire. <laughs> it's not, no. There are cons- not by a long shot. There are consistently sightings of a woman who greatly resembles Mora Murray, who is an English-speaking person, which, I mean, Sherbrooke is sort of an English bubble in a very Sher- French... Yeah, Sherbrooke. Yeah, I don't know. I think you can get by. Yeah, you can you can get by, but it's not exactly Montreal. No. But like she keeps being sighted there. 
And there are people who claim to have spoken to her and people who claim that she has responded to the the call out Mora and that she sort of has involuntary responses. There are people who claim to have talked to her and been like, you are Mora Murray and had her been like, me? Like, I, I guess I can't shrug on a podcast, but who me? <laughs> me? sort of not denying it which is which is odd it's just it's unusual that you would get consistent sightings from different people in the same area of a woman who is about the same age about the same build who wears her hair in a bun and speaks english and in a place where you wouldn't you wouldn't really associate with her yeah i mean sherbrooke quebec is not unreasonably far from new hampshire no it's somewhere that you you could have ended up but it's in within a, it like, it's a bit of a drive, but it's yeah. not unreasonable. It's not as unusual as her, like, turning up in Spain or even Edmonton, right? No, you know, it's that would be absurd. Texas, it's closer. So I guess if you live in Sherbrooke, start- And, like, there's a certain level of traffic between, in, the, in between those areas. Yeah. I mean, if you want to know more about the Maura Murray um, sightings- uh, in Sherbrooke, you should definitely check out James Runner's blog. He actually has, like, photos of this person who has been cited in Sherbrooke. You can decide for yourself if you think that it is a 30, what was it, 34-year-old Maura Murray or not. I mean, they're not, like, high-quality photos, but there's definitely pictures. You can take a look and see what you think. R. Rampage. Mm, rancid? S. Slaughter. <laughs> okay, slaughter's a good one. I was going to say stalker. T's for... Trench coat? Truncheon. Mm. Turgid. <laughs> Ew. Turgid is not an appropriate word. Ew. <laughs> I don't like it. I said it and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, what this podcast... I regret not using maggots for M. Ew. Murder's better. Murder is better. What are you going to do I for Q? I regret that they both start with M. Query? Quarry. Oh, right, that's right. You said Quarry. You already said that one. So basically what this podcast boils down to is what the fuck happened to Mora? And there are three, like, I I don't know. I'm going to say right now, I don't fucking know. I'm baffled. I'm absolutely baffled. But there are sort of three Eternal main... bafflement. There's sort of three main theories. So, like, first of all, did Mora intentionally disappear? Maybe, but why? For one thing... Just to sum it up, the timing makes no sense. Remember, Mora was due to receive two paychecks and a new car within a few days after her disappearance. Instead, she chose to vanish with $280 in her bank account and an unreliable 12-year-old car that could only run on three cylinders. The timing is bizarre. By all accounts. Yeah. yeah. And she has this loving family. Like, if she has money troubles, one, money will be coming in, and two, her family would help her. Well, that's the thing. I mean, there are theories that her father has been funneling money to her. He claims that he hasn't seen her or heard from her since she disappeared. Apparently, her father has some has some financial sketchiness about him. You can read about it on James Runner's blog. We have already been talking about Maura Murray for now two hours and 11 minutes, so I'm not going to get into any of this. But, like, by all accounts, she was very close to her father, and it doesn't make sense that no one, none of her family have heard from her. If she was running off to meet somebody, which is a possible theory, no concrete evidence of this person has ever been found. Like, they have her hard drive, generally, and they, they have her phone records, like... And they have her emails. Yeah, they have everything. So if, if this person existed, like, she was communicating with them via carrier pigeon or something, because there's not really 
other than the weird phone call from New Hampshire the day before she disappears, there's not really any evidence that she there was a secret person in her life. If there is, again, she hid it extremely well. Mora told her supervisor she planned to be back in a week and didn't actually formally withdraw from school, which suggests that she intended to come back at some point. She also went to the trouble of picking out accident forms or printing them off and then taking them with her, which sort of suggests that she was planning to fill them out at some point and remember to pack her birth control. Like, these are all things that sort of suggest to her, like, coming back eventually. Maybe not the yeah, birth it, control. I mean, you can use that anywhere, but... It appears to be, like, there appears to be, a, like, a certain expectation that life will continue on. Yeah. And specifically the life that she left. That she had. She didn't withdraw from school, which, like, she's an adult. You can withdraw from school anytime you fucking want to. You mm-hmm. you fill out you can end that shit with a form. Nobody even asked nobody's not even gonna ask why. No, you can just withdraw. Or it'll be like a little thing at the auto thing, and it'll be optional. And if you're vanishing forever, why print out accident forms you're, that you don't intend to drop off? And yeah. also, like, why go through all the trouble of packing up her stuff, all of her shit, only to crash her car, abandon all of your things, and then disappear with a backpack, a cell phone you've never you never use again, and three bottles of booze. Yeah, because like Clearly, no one at the accident site was going to report you. Well, and this is the whole thing. Like, I think most people agree by now that the accident really was accidental. But if you've been planning to vanish, why would you not just, you know, do it later? Give up and try Mm -hmm. again? Why vanish into the night with a backpack full of booze when you'd packed all this stuff? Yeah, like, you left all your shampoo behind. Yeah. So, I'm really fixated on that. I'm you're sorry. You're really into the shampoo. I know. A lot of people are really into the shampoo, Your too. various toiletries. Exactly. Why go through the trouble of packing all of it and then just ditch it? So, I mean, intentional disappearance to start a new life in Sherbrooke, Quebec? Like, maybe. Yeah, but, but maybe, there's a lot but of... Why make it that suspicious? And why the timing? And There's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of whys. Like, she's not in a good position to start a new life in Sherbrooke or anywhere. Jean-Pierre? No, who cares? Trois-Rivières? Like, it doesn't matter. There are places like, you can start your life that are not semi-rural Quebec. <laughs> yeah, like, and why would she even pick semi-rural Quebec? Even if she's not in Quebec, even if she's just somewhere in the United States, why, why, just why? Yeah, because, like, you could say, like, oh, maybe she had a better, there's no indication she had something better waiting for her and than her life as a nursing student with a loving family. Or, I mean, I mean, if your boyfriend's cheating on him, you can dump him. You don't have to vanish into the woods. I, I mean, I, I think we really need to put that message out to all the young women and young men out there. If your boyfriend is cheating on you, or girlfriend, you don't have to go into the woods. You don't have to vanish and start a new life in Quebec. It's a good message. I mean, I just see a lot of young people go down that road, and it's not necessary. It's not, all of sure There is life <laughs> after your boyfriend slash girlfriend cheating on you. Just, like, 65% of the Sherbrooke population is missing persons. It's it's just everybody who's ever gone missing and wasn't eventually found, like, dead in a closet, they're in Sherbrooke. Like, if you want them, they're there. I mean, like, of all the theories about what happened to her... Intentional disappearance is actually, like, ranks among the most plausible. Like, it it makes very little sense, but it is the most plausible. Yeah, like, it's confusing. Like, she disappeared one day, packed up all her things. With strange timing and just took off. With strange timing, took off, and got into a car accident, and then just, like, ran off into the woods and eventually wound up in Sherbrooke, 
Quebec. Or somewhere. The or point, somewhere. I mean, the point is that she vanished intentionally. Because, I mean, she did. She made the decision to, to email her supervisors. Yeah. And all that. It's just why. Like, this is, yeah. What was like, the she, motive? She didn't, like, accidentally go missing. She intentionally gone missing. And then it kind of got weird halfway through. I don't know. Like, regardless of whether or not she wanted to end up in that car accident, which she probably didn't, she wanted to be gone. Shit got weird. Yeah. The second theory kind of is that Mora was abducted or murdered, which maybe, but how? I mean, Mora went missing. And by whom? Well, that's just it. She went missing in a very small window of time under the nose of three witnesses. And, like, the thing is that, like, she crashed her car in a really rural area. The The town of Woodsville had just over a thousand people at the time, which is like, an intensely small town. So the odds that, like, a murderer would be out trolling for girls to kidnap and happen on Mora's car, like, I mean... Vanishingly When small. we eliminate the impossible, what remains, however improbable, must be what happened. But, I mean, it's... Oh, Sherlock it's, Holmes. It's vanishingly small that you just... Somebody was in the mood for, mood for some murdering and they came across the scene. Yeah, like, what seems more likely is, like, we have a bit of part one and a bit of part two where, like, she took off and then got murdered, but that's also odd. Well, the thing is that there's no sign of a struggle at the scene, so Mora would have mm-hmm. had to have gotten into somebody's car voluntarily. Mora yeah, had- the footstep things is also a problem. Right, and the, inter- the, the, the dog scent, the intersection thing. The thing is, though, that Mora had been offered a ride from a local resident who lived near the accident scene moments earlier and declined. So why mm-hmm. would she then get into a different stranger's car a few minutes later? This whole theory also, like, doesn't explain why she's in New Hampshire. If she got abducted in New Hampshire, it still doesn't tell us why she went there. Why did she lie to her supervisor? Why did she pack up her stuff? Why did she withdraw her money? Buy a ton of alcohol? Why so much alcohol? Why drive into the middle of nowhere and then lie about calling roadside assistance? Like, why would you make... To make that much effort like, to intentionally disappear and then get kidnapped is just... Like, dramatic irony that just doesn't exist in real life. Yeah, like, if you tried to pull that shit on 24, they'd laugh you out of the boardroom. Yeah, the odds of like, you putting that much effort into your own disappearance and then getting killed are just... It, it's its tragic. Even if she was kidnapped, she was already in a place she had no reason to be for reasons unknown. Yeah, exactly. So there's then that leads us to the final theory, which is, did Mora commit suicide? Which is, like, again, maybe, but people... But where's her corpse? That's just it. People who commit suicide do tend to turn up sooner or later, and Mora hasn't been found in 13 years. And, and people have been looking. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, like, there were no red flags in Mora's behavior until right before she disappeared. Like, by all accounts, she had a pretty great support network of her family and friends. And depression is not sudden like that not usually like things were going pretty well in her life she had people she could talk to she was on the dean's list she had a job she was she was getting a new car like i mean you can be depressed and with all those things but it's it just seems like out of character signs and also like why drive to vermont in her life delusional (laughs) like and not seeing it that's just it like there's so many independent people who just didn't see anything wrong and also, like, why Vermont slash New Hampshire? Like, why do you need to drive to a different state to commit suicide? Especially a state that you have no real tie to. Yeah, like, you can shove weird roadside assistance stuff in your tailpipe at home. Like, yeah, why? Like, I mean, I've I've vacationed in Montana a couple times, but I'm not going to drive there to die. 
It's oh really? It's a really lovely place. It's to a die. lovely they, place. They say that on the state sign. Just you know, <laughs> lovely you know, place to die. You know, just drive you know, directly. Some states to a may be for lovers, but Montana is for is is it's for, for the, 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 the on marching march to death. Oh, great! I thought it was for buffalo and gasoline. My aunt lives there. I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> she's not talking to me anymore you're blocked <laughs> i am blocked <laughs> making friends jessica and probably it's because she she knew she knew that this very evening i would be making a joke about how her state is the best place to die <laughs> she has everyone in your family is psychic <laughs> um the other the other explains very little <laughs> yeah the other kind of nail in the suicide theory though is that like again she only took a temporary leave of absence from school instead of withdrawing. She brought accident forms, which, I mean, <laughs> you don't need to fill those out where she's going if she's trying to kill herself. And she brought her and, birth control. And suicidal people usually try to put things in order. Yeah, she sort of left a lot of a lot of stones unturned. Like, she left a lot of things unfinished. Mm-hmm. And she takes all her birth control. She put her like, life on hold. She didn't you know. wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah, she just hit pause she didn't hit stop that's just it and she brought her birth control with her so like why do those things if she was planning and to like, commit suicide three bottles of shampoo yeah <laughs> you don't need to wash your hair after you're dead you really hung up on this i'm gonna like google this and find also out. suicidal I... people like aren't usually that concerned with hygiene it's kind of a thing you don't normally yeah you don't normally pack for an extensive road trip to go kill yourself again there's gonna be exceptions to every rule but I mean, like, why? There, it, none of this makes any sense. There is actually one conspiracy theory that I will delve into to end this off. It's not Bigfoot, so you can calm down. There we go. The last theory is actually, I think, the most chilling. So, remember... Undertaker. There's a theory that Mora was never at the scene of the accident at all. So, again... The bus driver who spoke to Mora that night reported that she had her hair down. Mora, again, was a former West Point student who always wore her hair back in a bun, like to the point that there are pretty much no existing photos of her wearing it any other way. Having it down is so out of character for her that it's noteworthy. Atwood also told Mora's family that the girl he saw at the accident scene did not at all resemble photos of Mora Murray that later circulated. Like, he talked to somebody at the accident scene, and then shortly thereafter was shown a picture of Maura Murray. Maura Murray, I mean, we've joked, but she is pretty distinctive looking. She's not plain looking, in the sense that, like, everybody looks like this. Like, she's distinctive. Yeah. Like, I don't see a lot of people with that exact face shape and, and, and features. Yeah. So he, I mean, he changed his mind later, but that's pretty notorious for eyewitness testimony. Mm-hmm. I mean, he only ever saw the girl at the accident scene from about 15 feet away at dusk, but he still, like, initially his impressions were that it was not the same girl. At, at the car scene, an empty beer bottle was found in the back seat of the car, and the rear driver's side window was open a crack, which sort of suggests that there might have been somebody in the back seat. Investigators have also recreated the accident. This is controversial, but some have claimed that not all of the damage to Morris. So not all the damage to Mora's car was caused by colliding with the snowbank. They believe that she damaged her car somehow, some other way, in the four hours that we don't know about. Um, so this comes back to the rag in the tailpipe. Um, there's a theory that maybe Mora broke down 
earlier somewhere on her car trip and she received roadside assistance from somebody who turned out to not have the greatest of intentions. Oh, like he, like somebody, like she stopped, like broke down earlier and then somebody tried to. Somebody carjacked her. So her car. Okay. So like somebody, the theory, this is like not a popular theory. I found this on one of the like more out there blogs. Um, more out there subreddit or whatever, but she, um, it's a theory that basically, like, she got into a minor accident or had some sort of minor breakdown, received roadside assistance, somebody stopped to help her, who then basically, like, killed her and took her car. And then when they crashed the car, you know, they didn't hang around because they didn't want anyone to figure out that they weren't Mora. They took off. And the only thing that they took was the alcohol because it's the only thing that was of value to them. They wouldn't have cared about her teddy bear or her shampoo or her toothbrush. And they probably wouldn't know about the diamond necklace. No. They just sort of took off with her debit card, credit card, cell phone, and her alcohol and just pieced before anyone could just show up and figure out that it wasn't her. I mean, this theory kind of counts on there being a female serial killer or a, f- a female murderer of some persuasion, which is unusual. Statistically improbable. Statistically very improbable. And it still doesn't explain why Mora was going to Vermont. Like, that yeah, is, like, that's the missing piece of this whole puzzle is that we don't know what she was up like, to. What woman feels confident enough to, like, carjack another woman that's just it like i was thinking like i wouldn't i'd maybe stop for another woman but i wouldn't be like i bet i could take her like that's not yeah you tend not to feel women tend not to stop for this kinds of things because they don't feel safe understandably Mm -hmm. so like the idea that like a woman would feel comfortable a stopping and then b getting out of the car to attempt car repairs and c overpowering mora Killing her, disposing of her, and taking her car. Yeah, because, like, wi- female killers... Are rare. Usually, like... And they tend... Plan- yeah. Like, the, the kind that plan their kills, like, they usually have, like, victims they know because of this. Women tend to be like, instrumental killers. you don't usually killers. get, like... Yeah. You don't usually get, like, impromptu, like, opportunist female killers. No, and women are... That's weird. I mean, women are... Women- because... Women need to control the situation more due to being physically vulnerable. Yeah, and I mean, women tend to be instrumental killers, which means they they kill to get something. They tend to kill their husbands or family members or people that they know, usually for financial gain or romantic rivalry. And they tend to use very indirect methods like poisoning. It's very Mm -hmm. rare that like a woman sees another woman and just stabs the shit out of her. Yeah, and, like, even even if you were going to say, like, hypothetical roadside female serial killer, I see the serial killer being more so the woman in the stopped car. Yeah. Because it allows you to have a situation that you have a level of control and where your victim isn't, doesn't have the time to prepare anything. Just full female Ted Bundy. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. I mean, I don't know how much credence I give to this theory, but it is a theory. That it wasn't her at the accident, and I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that slightly more likely than the Bigfoot thing. I'm gonna put it above Bigfoot, but I don't know that I yeah. put it above intentional disappearance because again, Mora went to Vermont for a reason, or I mean, she was intending to go to Vermont. She went to New Hampshire. I actually have not looked at a map. 
I will confess, I don't know which one of those is further from Massachusetts. But she, um, she went to New England for a reason. And, like, unless we know what that reason is, it's hard to say what she was up to. Yeah, like, unless we're talking, like, she was... Because, like, why would she pack that much? To go kill herself. I don't know. To go kill herself. It just doesn't, and, I mean, it doesn't make any... It doesn't even make if, any sense. No, none of this makes sense. I'm... It was aliens. I don't know. But, like, ultimately, we just don't know. We don't no. know where she is. But it's been... It's been 13 years on the off chance that, like... Maura Murray is out there and listens to obscure Canadian podcasts. Please call your dad. I guess. Like he's worried, man. He's like a lot of he, people are worried. Like, please call somebody. You don't have to go back. You can live the life you're still living. Just let him know that you're okay. Let Reddit know you're okay because it's getting ridiculous. Like, there are several people who need to move on with their lives. Yeah. And like... Like, this has been very interesting, and, like, I think it's been a good bonding experience for them, but they should, they should, they should move on. They need and other things to do. should allow them to have that closure. Do it for Reddit. Do it for Reddit. <laughs> well, I think this is about as much weirdness as we have time for. This is almost definitely going to be a two-part episode based on how long we've been talking about this the case. Vehicular but... manslaughter. Oh. <laughs> W? Oh, geez, W. This is where you get to the hard stuff. Waterlogged? Um, yeah, let's, like... Oh, you know you should have done for L? You should have done Luminol. Oh, yeah, Luminol. That's smart. X? Um, X- X-ray? X-ray. It's gonna have to be X-ray. Y? Gotta be X-ray. We gotta finish y? this now. Year? I don't... I don't know. Yard? I don't... Yeast? <laughs> like, I really don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this one. Yard, I guess? Um... Yellowing? Ooh, yeah, go with yellowing. That's a good one. That's yeah. disgusting. And Z? It's Zed, hmm. you heathen. Oh, don't. We're talking about an American today. I can I say Z so. if I want. Z if I want to. Zed is for. I don't know. Zebras are so infrequently involved in crime. Zombies? Yeah. Technically, you can make like a real zombie by uh, feeding somebody pufferfish poison and then trapping them underground. That's how they make them in. They make them in the. The traditional way. Don't ever make me food. I will yeah. not accept yeah. it. Technically, technically, like traditional, like voodoo zombies are just like they're just people who, like you give brain damage on purpose. So they're just sad, shuffling brain damaged people. Yes. Uh, Correct. I mean, I'm looking at anyway. A, yeah, I'm looking at a list of words to start with. Zipping, I guess. Zigzag seems. Uh, Zodiac. Ah, yes. You want to get suspicious? Zodiac. Let's go with Zodiac. Anyway. Anyway, this has this been, been, yeah, probably the- Fat, French, and fabulous. Probably the weirdest fat, French, and fabulous so far. Again. So far. Depending on when just we wait. air these. Just wait. We'll do better next time. And thanks for sitting through another episode of Fat, French, and Fabulous. We are sorry that this week's episode was late, but thanks to everyone who checked in to see if we had died. It's just that our laptop doesn't support our dreams and wants us to fail. Um, if you are, if you like what you hear and you want to subscribe to our podcast, we're available on any platform that podcasts are found on. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, whatever obscure hipster shit you're using to listen to podcasts. We're probably there. Um, you can follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Fat French and Fabulous. We're on Twitter at Fat French Fab. If you only like one of us and you don't want to hurt the other one's feelings, just follow us individually. I'm on Twitter at Very Bad Llama. Jessica is on Twitter at I Am Not a Lungfish. 
Big thanks to everyone who wrote us reviews. If you haven't done that yet and you have nice things to say about us, it'd be nice to see him. Pop us a review on iTunes, Google Play, or whatever. I also want to give a big shout out this week to Ash Hulowitz, who drew our adorable logo. If you love our logo, and you do, you can find more of Ash's art on Facebook at the page Ash Draws. That's all we've got for this week. Tune in next week. We should hopefully be on time. We'll see you then.